I'm an artist with no collectors, no connections, no clout, and no social media presence. In this podcast, you will get a behind-the-scenes look at the actions I'm taking to change all that. I've made a one-year commitment to share my successes and failures and everything I learned along the way as I attempt to build an art business from the ground up. Welcome to Artistic Ambition. My name is Christina Elkins. Welcome to episode 26, and today I have a special guest, another local artist on her journey to become an artist, or I guess she probably already is an artist, but she's still on a journey, like all of us. And her name is Erin Kent, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Obviously, we are both in Northwest Arkansas, and I've seen you around. We've met once before at an art fair. I really like your work. We do work in the same vein of yeah. subject matter, and uh, we're both watercolor artists as well. Right. I, I think, I don't know if you do oil or not, but I do oil. I have one oil painting that I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but we do have a commonality of the watercolor, which I think is why we kind of, I saw your work, and I was like, oh, wow, great job, you know. So we kind of talked a little bit, but I just wanted to uh, invite you and kind of hear more about you because I, I, whenever I initially met you, I really liked you and I thought, hey, thank you. This is a chance <laughs> to get to know someone better, which is one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is to make me get outside of my comfort zone and meet people and learn about them. It's a good way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> to force myself to do it. Yes. So, welcome, and why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about your background sure. and then we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Erin, and I have been an artist since I was a child. I have not called myself an artist since I was a child because I had a lot of limiting beliefs and um, imposter syndrome, for sure. I've, I've heard your podcast about your uh, your episode about that. And it's one of my most popular episodes. It's, I think it's a common thread for <laughs> yeah, all artists, so and there's just no really getting rid of it there's just learning how to live with it I think and just pushing past it and quieting that version of yourself (laughs) Um, but yeah so I grew up with a lot of inspiration Uh, my dad owned a framing business and he had a gallery within his framing business so I got to see a lot of local artists firsthand and there was even a point when I was probably like six or so that he traded framing with a local artist for me to take classes Um, And that was a really great experience for me. Um, Actually did some pottery in that class. We did some like live drawing. We drew the uh, farmer's market, the Fable Farmer's Market. Mm -hmm. So I have so many like strong memories from that experience. Um, And I had a lot of really great artist friends in school who now at this point in their life have really great art careers. Like they're, they're making it. So I look to them for a lot of inspiration. The inspiration I get now is really from nature. And I think that you and I mm-hmm. kind of have a similar appreciation for animals and flowers. And I also really love barns. So <laughs> anytime I can paint a barn, uh, I'm there. But yeah. Would um, you uh, consider yourself a full-time artist now? Uh, I would think a full-time artist in my head is somebody who gets into a studio every single day and paints daily. I don't so know if that's like, accurate. <laughs> so whenever you think of full-time artists, you're thinking of it as 
time spent doing this full-time as opposed to income that equals like a full-time right. salary job. Right. Yeah, I definitely am not making a f- income <laughs> that would be comparable to a salary job. And I'm not painting daily like I would like to eventually get to that point. But I am a mom, and I just have a lot of uh, irons in the fire and things to manage and take care of. So, uh, yeah, it's just a juggling act. And sometimes I just am not in that creative headspace. And um, I think that's something I want to work around is, like, getting myself to paint even if I don't feel, like, creative, Mm -hmm. so to speak. So... Um, do you have another job? I don't, but I'm in the market. If anyone listening to this podcast uh, wants to hire me, please hit me up. How many kids do you have? I have one daughter. She's six years old and in first grade, and she is amazing. I'm very proud of her. Uh, she have artistic skills? She does. She does. And I've had to really teach her that you can't just be as good as mommy because mommy's got 36 <laughs> years and you've just got a few right. so you know trying to teach her that practices everything and perfect doesn't exist right because that that's was hard the mindset <laughs> I grew up thinking that you have to be perfect and mm-hmm. that's just not true and it's mm-hmm. not possible right. so um yeah and also like don't compare yourself to other artists because there's always going to be somebody who can do something maybe better than you, but that doesn't mean that you don't have skills and abilities that other people will appreciate too. Well, I do think that that's one of the downfalls of social media. (laughs) It's also, to me, the social media in the art world is a double-edged sword because you get so much inspiration of seeing other artists, but at the same time you're seeing other artists with so many, I mean, talented people, you're just like, oh, you know, that imposter syndrome can really kick in. Just a couple of days ago, I was like, okay, I got to stop looking on social mm-hmm. media because it gets a little defeating sometimes, mm-hmm. even though it shouldn't. These people are working different styles, different right. phases of life. Right. So. And there's all different kinds of skills. And just because they're amazing at something that you may not ever, like I have a friend who, from school who could create a drawing that looks just like a photograph. I will never be able to do that. I'm amazed at his talent, and I appreciate it. And I think that's where I just try to roll back to, you know, don't be jealous. Be appreciative. Mm-hmm. If you can learn from that person, try to. You know, right. I look at your art, and I love what you're capable of doing. I see that you have, like, I'm, I've told you in comments or something probably more than once that I really love how you capture light and shadow, and that's something I want to get better at in my artwork, and I've tried to work on that. And I think that just just by knowing you and seeing your work, it's helped me. Well, I would say that what helped with some of that is taking my own reference photos. Mm-hmm. Anytime I've set up a still life on my own or picked the flower myself, to me it like brings it full circle where you appreciate the entire work of art because you created the very beginning you know you more personal yeah yeah like sometimes I have an idea and maybe I don't have a image of a monarch butterfly that I personally have taken Mm -hmm. so you have to like find a reference image or whatever and to me the connection isn't quite there as much as it is whenever I've found my own references and done my own I agree completely. I I noticed that within my art because I do have some pieces that I've created that weren't my photograph, weren't my reference. It was an online image. And 
and it just like there's no I don't care as much about that right. art as I care about one of my orchids that I painted or one of my uh, for example a monarch <laughs> yeah. I had a friend with um, some Mexican sunflowers in her garden and tons of monarchs all over them I took a picture and I ended up painting that in yeah, 2020 and you probably <laughs> love that painting right. because of all the things that went behind it the memory also of yeah. you and your friend yeah. So to me, whenever you have your own reference images, it really enriches the entire painting, mm-hmm. even to yourself. And I think that shines through whenever you present it. Yeah, when you're talking to someone who's interested in buying your art and you get to tell them how you came up with this painting or where, like, that's my plant, you know, right. in my you know, window. Like, or I got whatever. this from a database on the internet. Right, it's a little <laughs> less impressive, yeah. for sure. They're, so. not, they're not quite as intrigued mm-hmm. by that information, yeah, for yeah. sure. And I, obviously, we're both nature artists, so... We obviously love nature, mm-hmm. and it's an excuse to go into nature mm-hmm. and have a purpose. And so I really like that. I will visit gardens. I will go here or there. You know, I'll stop alongside the road. Yeah, <laughs> like yes. All kinds of things like that. <laughs> Risking your life to pull over to take a picture. I've done yeah. that a few times. I mean, helping turtles across the road and snap a pic. <laughs> exactly. You're a pretty exactly. turtle. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think we probably have those similar experiences. So I already said that we met at an art fair, and I follow you on Instagram, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed that you do a lot of events. Yes. And I just wanted to get your take on events, how long you've been doing events, like, or how long you've even been doing art. Obviously, you said when you were young, you started. Yeah. But like... When you when's the real beginning of yeah, this when, process? When were you like, I'm an artist and right. I'm doing art? So I, um, in 2015, I started a painting, an oil painting of a barn, and it's a barn that I grew up um, seeing my whole life. It's on a property in Fayetteville at Tricycle Farms, and that that land actually belongs to my family now, um, but it's a nonprofit is utilizing that land. And I painted this barn and I almost finished it and I just stopped. And then five years, I didn't paint or do any creative work. I got into real estate, I had a kid. I just, all of my focus was on, you know, family and social life and gardening also. (laughs) Um, And 2020 rolled around and this was before COVID. I had the epiphany that I am missing something in my life and it's art. And I'm not getting that creative outlet, and I'm just like, what, a, what am I doing? So I picked that painting back up, and I finished it early 2020. And then, and I had the intention to continue with art and to, you know, come up with something else to paint. And then COVID rolled around in March, and I kind of just had a lot of anxiety, I was unable to continue with real estate. All of my childcare support went away. So I decided to go inactive with my license. And that summer, I just bought a bunch of watercolor materials, brushes, paper, paints, and I just dove into the wonderful world of YouTube (laughs) and utilized all of these other great artists' um, tutorials Mm -hmm. to kind of learn the, the medium. I'd always been really intimidated by watercolor. I thought that's an impossible thing to control, so I never really gave it much of a chance. Um, but I just decided to be brave and learn it. And um, the more I did, the more comfortable I got with it. I started telling my friends and sending pictures. And 
I had a friend reach out to me and ask me to do some pet portraits. That just kind of got the ball rolling for me and I felt more confident and I decided to start an art Instagram and actually see if the world would would like my art too and um, if, you know, just see what happened. So I started um, getting a few people contacting me for pet portraits and um, eventually someone invited me to do a market. And I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll come to this market. And um, I had gotten, uh, at that point, I'd already gotten some things in print. So I had an inventory to actually bring with me. And that felt really nice to like have quantity of things mm-hmm. to sell. Um, and that just, I don't know, that just kind of sparked in me that, you know, markets are a thing I should pursue. And it was a slow pursuit for me because I'm just like you know it takes me a while to like get wrap my brain around things and gather the things that you need for a market you know like a table and the table cover and the tent and all the things that go into it Um, but yeah I've just kind of slowly been getting more and more into doing markets and figuring that world out and it's definitely a journey Um, not all of them are successful there are times when you're mad at yourself like I shouldn't have done this one (laughs) you know like I don't know. I guess I had this idea of what it would be. And then whenever I experienced it, it was not quite like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, so you get on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and if you're seeing local events, you see people and they're like, the market's amazing. Everything's wonderful. Look how great of a day it is. Because nobody wants to be like, hey, guys, this sucked. (laughs) Exactly. But I, on the other hand, you know, I like to tell people this. Right. <laughs> but, you know, you also, you don't want to badmouth. Like, I didn't know what I was doing, but none of that was the market's fault. Right. Like, I don't have it. There's been one market I did where I was like, okay, I don't know if this was done exactly right. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. But <laughs> the markets I participated in, it's not been the fault of the people running it. So it's not like I feel I don't want people to think I'm like bad mouthing a market because I'm no, not. It's just you've got to learn how to get your stuff together yeah, you and how to get sell your and stuff. how to place it. Exactly. How to display art is another mm-hmm. huge question mark without it, yeah. spending thousands of dollars. But the thing about art... I think your art should be seen. You have to show your art. (laughs) That's the whole whole crux of it all, I guess, is that you have to show it Mm -hmm. if you want people to see it. (laughs) And not even just to buy, not even... But for, like, the greater good of art (laughs) should be seen. I see a lot of people that have no intention of buying my art, but they love it. They they right. smile at it. They're talking to me about it. Mm-hmm. It gives me a little bit of a boost to, you know, have right. someone interested and who will listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think that there's, you know, you either need to invest in online marketing to get your art seen mm-hmm. or you can, well, you can do both. You can invest mm-hmm. in mar- doing markets or you can just, you know sit there and wait for somebody to show up on your door right. they are not coming <laughs> no and I'm not a, a person who sits and waits so yeah. I am definitely like okay I'm gonna do and I'm not a it's actually laborious to set up an art booth it's so much work yeah people don't realize how much work it is <laughs> especially this summer it's been so, so hot the one eight degrees today yeah I was out there and Aaron was out there <laughs> sitting at her booth well 
since we're here, let's just pause a moment and yeah. tell us what you did today. So today I got really lucky. Um, you know Shay Holloway. Mm-hmm. You did an interview with her. She invited me or sent out an email to me and a few other people about this event at the Momentary today held by her uh, nonprofit group that she works with yeah. called Right to Start. And they're all about supporting entrepreneurs, and they held an, in, an event that had space for a few vendors. Now, there was like maybe 10 of us, and um, they did not charge us a booth fee. So, yes, yeah. I'm always going right. to say yes to free. free. I'm like, okay, okay. And, <laughs> and there's a guarantee of people actually being there to come mm-hmm. look at your stuff, right? So, and the other cool thing they did was gave people $10 of their right to Starbucks to spend at our booths so um people had you know a little bit of like i don't know if i want to call it free money yeah so um i did really well today i sold several i I make hand painted bookmarks so Uh it's like for me that's a way for people to have an original Mm -hmm. and not like break the bank and not everybody's looking for wall art you know but they might read a book and they might want to support me so um i sold several bookmarks today i sold one actually one um, larger print and then several small prints. I actually sold out of my little armadillo print, oh, okay. <laughs> which is such a random animal for people to to like. Well, and yeah. so I always get excited when I find my armadillo people. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a good event. I was really glad That's to be cool. there. And um, I thought it was going to be longer than it was. And I'm so glad because of the heat. Oh yeah. my gosh, I was... My brain is a little bit scrambled <laughs> right now from it. So Well, definitely at the art fair, I think a good tip is to the one to have all the different price points. And like you said, not everyone wants wall art or can afford an original mm-hmm. wall art, mm-hmm. but the prints, I uh, I think the prints is a very viable way to make money mm-hmm. off of your originals. Mm-hmm. And even the smaller things like bookmarks, and I, mm-hmm. I my sister prints stickers for me, so I have some of my that's things thing printed with little stickers, so that's always popular for me at the art fair. But I need to get stickers, that's one well, thing I'm I have missing. a hookup for you. Okay, well, I, let's I know talk. Someone. <laughs> yeah. That's a good tip as far as art fairs go, is to have all the different price points. Yes. Yeah, sure. it took me a minute to kind of realize that I needed to have some lower end. I have small prints for 20 but the bookmarks are 15 and now I have cards that are 6 So, So I, I did see range. that you were teaching a watercolor class. That's right, this Saturday at the Bazaar, likewise in Fayetteville. So is that like a little art market and you're just doing a little side of a class? It is, yes, that's exactly right. So they're going to give me just a little bit more space Mm -hmm. to have an extra area and they're going to help me set up a table to have, um, and it's just a drop-in kind of a deal, like nobody has like assigned time to be there. So um, I've got bookmarks and cards in case somebody doesn't read, doesn't write a bookmark, you know. (laughs) Um, and what I'm doing is like little tutorials. So like a simple six steps um, explanation of how to paint like a mushroom mm-hmm. or a watermelon slice. Like cool. some simple little things. So it's just going to be impromptu. When people walk up, you'd be like, which thing would you like me to show you to paint? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Well, I actually just painted out the tutorial. Okay. So like step one through step six okay. with the colors I did and like a, a written explanation of those I steps. See. So I so can, they can even like self lead. They can self lead. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, obviously I'll be there right. so I can walk people through certain things if they have questions and talk right. about, you know, just brush care and all that stuff. Well, I, the thought just came to my mind is in this particular situation, the self led thing. I really like that because 
I see some people talking about art fairs and how they're very intimidating for people to walk into a booth and to interact. And I feel that because they're just all different kinds of people. And some people might not want to approach you and be like, teach me how to do this thing. Right. Instead, they can walk up in their own private way and yeah. do the thing mm-hmm. and then ask you for Advice. guidance yeah, or whatever guidance. if they yeah. need it. So it's sounds like it's very accessible to all different kinds of yeah. people. Yeah, I would like it to be something anyone at any right. level could do, like I'm hoping, you yeah. know. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing I like about watercolor. To me, it is very accessible. And I think that's why it took me so long to get into oil painting. It's more expensive it to sure do. Is. You got to... Canvas. Some, yeah. And you got to, like, learn some very specific techniques. Mm-hmm. And with watercolor, there's all kinds of techniques. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can literally experiment a million ways with it. Mm-hmm. And I've... I don't even remember when I started doing watercolor. It's just like something I've just been doing for a long time. I don't know why. I mean, I have my degree in art education, but an art education degree is not geared towards fine art. You are required to take a few classes of actual just fine art, but a lot of your requirements are not from the fine art department. So I took, I was good at drawing, so I took a lot of drawing because that's what I knew how to do. Yeah. But I took no painting. Okay. <laughs> so, which okay. is like, looking back now, I'm like, what? I had this opportunity <laughs> to take all these classes. And we had like a world famous painter as one of our teachers. No way. And I never even, I took him for a drawing class, but I never even oh. took painting from him. You stayed where you were comfortable. Yes. <laughs> people to give it a chance you know because I wish I I wish that I had for years been working on it um Mm -hmm. because I remember I think in high school there was this girl that was so good with watercolors and her I mean her abilities are just beyond like so creative and I just thought I'll never be like that good so (laughs) don't even try like I just totally (laughs) like shut that door and Mm -hmm. never peeked it open again and um I'm glad I got over that because it's one of the best Um, mediums to work with I feel like environmentally it's one of the best mediums Mm -hmm. there's you know you're not breathing in toxic chemical Mm -hmm. smell like you can off of acrylic or oil Um, and then I think about like you know when you pour down the drain like what's going down the drain so I've I've changed up how I handle my acrylic water I actually just like let it let it evaporate outside Mm -hmm. so that what's left is like all I do that too but mostly out of laziness I'm glad that it's also (laughs) helping the environment I just, I definitely poured a lot of acrylic paint water down the drain for in the past. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I know a little better than, than yeah. to do that now. But, but yeah, I just look at it and it's so like, you can, you can take it anywhere. Right. If, oh, if yeah. you're doing plain air, like that's the way to go. Like, and they even have these cute little <laughs> travel palettes that you mm-hmm. can just pack. I have one. Brushes. It's a Windsor Newton. Do you have it too? I do. That's so cute. Yeah. There's so gifted to me actually. Yeah. So uh, I just think that. If you're a listener out there and you're like, oh, I don't know about watercolor, you should definitely give it a shot. It's very accessible. It's so fun. And just get on YouTube and do tutorials right. if you're too nervous oh, yeah. to just delve in. Like, right. that was the best way for me because, you know, you can, you learn, can learn so many tips and tricks. Out there. Like, how to lift your mm-hmm. paint back off the page. And I even learned about um, using a, a magic eraser. Like, if you're trying to keep a white background and you accidentally splatter, which I've done a million times. You just use your magic eraser and buff it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So There's like tricks. a million things you can do with watercolor. Mm-hmm. It, it really is so versatile to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks so much to Aaron Kent for coming and chatting with me today. 
Um, she was definitely someone that I met and knew right off the bat that I had a lot in common with her. We we really didn't even touch on anything deep, but I just felt like I knew her. And so getting to chat, we actually continued chatting for quite a while after we turned the microphone off. So it was really great to get to know her. And I'm excited to see what she produces. She's really learning a lot and evolving as an artist right now, as all of us in the beginning of our journey tend to do. So uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing more from her and her journey as she goes along. I will put her Instagram in my show description. So go out and give her a follow. And if you're looking for any pet portraits or custom work or watercolors, she also does flowers. We do a lot of similar things. And uh, yeah, so go out and look at her work and give her a shot. Let's go over my income and expenses for the week. I was surprised. I felt like I had spent money this week. I don't know why, but I actually had not. I only spent $45 this week at Hobby Lobby, and I've been pretty busy. So maybe that's why I thought I'd been busy shopping, but I haven't. I've been busy doing art and all the things related to that. So I've been too busy to shop is basically the point. But I did secure another wedding, live wedding painting event, and that will be in October. And so she paid her deposit, which was $1,000. And then I also got paid from the gallery sales that I had from Neosho at the Night Hot Gallery, and that was $56. So my total income for the week was $1,056, and my total expenses was $45. So that means I profited this week $1,011. So I'm definitely on a roll and I'm just trying to keep the momentum going through Christmas at least. Some events that I have coming up are on this Friday. If you are in the Neo Show, Missouri area and you want to stop by the Nighthawk Gallery, there's lots of really good art there. And then we're also going to be doing a watercolor painting class. We're going to go through how to paint sunflowers and in this class it's going to be everyone I kind of direct you but you're going to paint your own original so it's not going to be like a pattern or anything like that I'm just going to kind of instruct you and you're going to make it your own and then on Monday the 28th I have a watercolor little sip and paint event in Fayetteville at, at the Mad Rooster Beer Company and they are a new local small business. They brew their own beer right there. And we're going to have a little paint and sip, bring a few people in. And our theme is going to be roosters. It's going to be really fun. We're going to have metallic watercolor paints. And that one is going to be a little uh, more structured. We're all going to pretty much do the same thing. It's going to be pretty casual lesson. It's pretty much uh, to socialize and do a little fun activity at the same time. So That should be fun. Come on out to that. It's in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So if you're in that area of Fayetteville, come join us and check out this new small business. I'm also trying out uh, ordering some of my original artworks on printed canvas. So I'll let you know how that goes and what that looks like and how much it's costing me. And I'll keep you up to date on that whole process. I'm looking forward to interviewing more artists. I've had a couple people reach out to me and that are not local. So 
we will be following up with them and seeing who we want to bring on and what we can learn from each other and the community that we can build. So go out and follow me on Instagram. You can send me a message for your one good thing if you want to get featured on the podcast. Or if you have any events going on, I will definitely shout them out on my podcast. Definitely wanting to build a community of artists that we can all lift each other up wherever we are in our journey. So let's all like and share and follow each other and lift each other up. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure you hit the download button so that I actually get credit for you listening to it. And if you want to give me a five-star review, that makes it easier for other artists to find us. So thank you very much for listening, and I will see you next week. I'd love for you to follow along or walk beside me in this journey, and let's see what happens at the end of the year. (laughs) 